today, you may have walked in and seen these, what look like doorposts on each side of the auditorium um, of the stage. And as you have, you might be looking around and wondering what's going on. And last year, we, we did a ser- service called Covered. And this year, we're doing a similar thing. I've rewritten the message and kind of focusing on s- some similar things, some different things. But I thought I would begin the service by telling you a story that actually happened a year ago on Good Friday. A year ago on Good Friday, we had finished our service. And for those of you that are wondering what's going to happen, we're going to go through the story in the book of Exodus where it was the 10th plague. Remember, there were 10 plagues that uh, were the catalyst to help the, the children of Israel be set free from bondage of slavery in Egypt. The 10th plague was that the death angel was going to come. And the oldest child of every Egyptian and or anyone in the nation were going to perish. But Jesus, but I'm sorry, but God told Moses that if you'll take a hyssop branch and you'll dip it in the blood of the Passover lamb, we're going to talk about that in a minute, and you put it on the doorpost, the death angel will pass over. And so last year at the end of the service, we kind of talked about the significance of that. And people, and we're going to do it again this year, had the opportunity as we began to worship at the end of the service to come up and to dip um, a hyssop branch into some fake blood and put it on the doorpost as a statement, as a symbol that we want to be covered by the blood of Jesus. So we're going to do that again today and give you an opportunity to, to pray and uh, that God will bless and watch over you and your family, your calling. But So last year, when the service was over and everybody had left, there was obviously blood everywhere, <laughs> fake blood. And so um, our team at Higher Vision, we have custodial staff. Well, that weekend, we had so much going on, we had to hire a little extra help, and they were temporary custodial staff. And so one of the custodial staff members um, popped in that was new, had never been here before, and they were like, why don't you go into the auditorium and start to clean up? And so this unknowing person with no religious background, um, no understanding of scripture, you kind of see where this is going, don't you? Walked into the auditorium and and so it just so happened my son Tanner was also working custodial that weekend and he comes walking in right after and he, he sees this guy standing. I said, hey, hi, I'm Tanner. I'm on the custodial staff. And he said, when I looked at him, dad, it was like his eyes were this big and he was all white. And he was like looking around like he was ready to run. And I'm like, hey, I'm Tanner. And he's like, hi, I'm so-and-so. And he said, he looked at me, dad. And he's like, what happened in here? And then this is what he said. He goes, were animals involved? <laughs> and Tanner immediately knew what was going on. The, the fear that we were having animal and human sacrifices in the auditorium at Higher Vision Church. And so Tanner looked at him and, and I, I wish Tanner would have just gone with it for a while. But he's sweet and he's nice, and so he did. He's like, no, 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 you got the wrong idea. That's not real blood, that's fake blood. He's like, oh, I didn't know what was happening in here. And so they talked for a little while and started cleaning up the blood everywhere. And Tanner invited him to come back and said, hey, we're not that weird. We don't handle snakes, we don't kill animals. And he came back and he raised his hand and he accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Come on, Good Friday. <laughs> so today I want to talk to you about the blood. And if you have a Bible, I'd like for you to turn to the book of Exodus. 
They're going to bring us to that passage. We're going to read what the scripture shows us in the book of Exodus chapter 12. God speaks to Moses and he tells the children of Israel that you need to do this. This is what's important because the death angel is coming. Go pick out a lamb or young goat for each of your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. You're going to kill this lamb. Drain the blood into a basin. Then take a bundle of hyssop branches and dip it into the blood. Brush the hyssop across the top and sides of the door frames of your houses and no one may go out through that door until morning. For the Lord will pass through the land to strike down the Egyptians. But when he sees the blood, everybody say, when he sees the blood, the Lord will pass over your home. He will not permit the death angel to enter your house, house and strike you down. Today I want to talk to you for a couple of minutes about the power of the blood. I, I grew up in church singing about blood. Now let me just say, if you're here today and you've never been to church before and you picked this service <laughs> as your first service, we don't talk about blood all the time. And when we do, it's not a gory thing. It's not a scary thing because it's a beautiful thing. It's a symbol of and you're going to understand it more in a moment. But I grew up in church singing about the blood. We had old songs that we sang out of the hymnals. I remember back in the days when we had hymnals, yes. right? Some people, you, you, know, when, you know, whenever something new comes into church, people have a hard time with it. How many know some people just struggle with change? Some of you don't want to change your position. You kept your hand down. <laughs> we struggle with change. And so what's interesting is when, when screens came, in fact, before screens were, how many remember the good old, projector. Remember with the, they would write the words out and it, and it got, was, got bigger as it went to the top. Come on, some of you are flashing back. And so we would sing songs in books and in these books, these hymnals, we would sing hymns like there was an old song that was written about this passage that said this, when I see the blood, when I see the blood. Anybody remember this song? When I see the blood, I will pass, I will pass over you. How many have never heard that song? All right, it's all right. You didn't miss much. That, was, that one's not my favorite. Good message. Another one was, there is power, power, one. Come on now. I don't know what it was back in the day with worship, but it felt like a rodeo and worship all in one. There's so many songs about the blood of Jesus, and I, want, I don't want to make light of the blood of Jesus today, because I want to talk to you about the power of the blood. In fact, we know that there is a spiritual power with the blood of Jesus, but did you know that there's natural power in the blood? I did a little research this week, and let me just tell you some powerful things about the blood that flows through your veins. Did you know that blood transports waste from each cell to organs that excrete the waste? Did you know that the blood transports oxygen to your body? Did you know that blood transports nutrients from the digestive system to be stored in each cell? Did you know that the blood distributes heat to maintain body temperature, right? 
When it's cold and you start to get hypothermia, what do they do? They start rubbing your arms and rubbing your legs and, and your extremities to get the blood flowing because the blood brings body temperature. Do you know that the blood fights invading microorganisms? I love this one. Did you know that the blood promotes healing to damaged tissues? I'm in the middle of physical training right now for some issues with my elbow and my fingers. And so they'll do things to, to get things moving so that the blood will rush to that area because there's healing in the blood. Come on, somebody say amen. So I want to give you three thoughts about the blood, and I want to use this story to do it. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, I want you to understand that the blood has power to cleanse us. The blood has power to cleanse us. In our story, the Bible says that they would take an animal, a lamb that was one year of age or younger, and they would take this perfect animal. I wish I had time to develop the lamb because I did a lot of study on the lamb. They would actually bring the lamb into their home for four days before it was sacrificed. It was a perfect animal. There were several things about it. And so they would take this perfect lamb and they would then kill the animal, sacrifice the animal. Of course, the animal, once it was killed, the blood was drained into a bowl. And then they would take the animal and like you would do with cows or chickens or whatever, they would prepare it for a feast to be eaten by the family. And the blood then that was drained out of the animal, the Bible says that they were to take the hyssop branch, which was kind of a, in those days, a rough form of brush, the best that they had. You couldn't go to Hobby Lobby. There was no Hobby Lobbies in Egypt. And so God gave them a way to dip the blood and then take the blood from the sacrificed lamb and then put it over the doorposts of the house. And by doing this, when the death angel come, came, it would pass over. I, I want to point that out because what's beautiful is that when God looks at humanity, when he looked at the Egyptians, and when he looks at you and me, remember, if you were in service a few weeks ago, I shared that God doesn't see like us from the beginning to the present. God is eternal. He's omnipresent. He, he's omniscient. He sees from the end to the beginning. And what I find is that throughout Scripture, there are beautiful pictures. And what I believe is that this example of the spreading of the blood, it was a, a symbol of what happened on Good Friday. Because the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 that Christ is our Passover lamb. So Jesus was a, a, an example. What did John the Baptist say? Here comes the lamb of God who is slain for the sins and takes away the sins of the world. So when we see this story in the book of Exodus, we're actually seeing types and symbols of this day, that the lamb was slain. Good Friday was the day that the lamb, the perfect lamb who was without sin, was slain. And they used hyssop branches. In fact, what's beautiful that you may not know is that hyssop is referred to three times in the Bible. One of the times is in this passage. Another time, David speaks about hyssop and about cleansing. But also, on the day that Jesus died on the cross, hyssop is at that scene. Because when he was thirsty, they dipped a, a, a sponge in some wine, some red wine, and they put it on the end of a hyssop branch. And they reached up to the cross with the red liquid that was made of wood. Isn't it interesting how God sees from the beginning to the end? Yes. 
And when the blood was given and his Jesus blood was shed across the doorpost and the death angel wants to come because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Guess what? Because of the blood, the power of the blood that the death angel has to pass over. I love the passage. It's found in the book of first John it says the blood of Jesus, his son. What's the next word? Cleanses us from all sin. If we confess our sin to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'll, I'll end this thought this way, but I just want you to understand that the blood has power to cleanse our sin. How many here have ever gotten something and it always happens when you're wearing khaki pants or a khaki skirt? And that is that you try to stay away from inks, ink pens. But they have a way of finding you. Someone will walk by and make a mark on your dress or your pants. You'll have it in your hand and it'll drop out and suddenly you, it just happens and it's stained. And what happens when you get a stain? Well, you don't have to worry because of the Tide stick. Come on, some of you ladies have them in your purse right now. I could take an offering of Tide sticks and probably get a great offering this morning. Somehow there's the ingredients, the chemicals, the things to remove the stain. And I just want you to know that when we talk about this story today, that we're being reminded that when Jesus Christ came and his blood was shed on the doorpost of our heart, whatever stain that you have carried in life, whatever mistake in life that you've had, things that you've done wrong, here's the good thing, is that God gave us a supernatural tide stick that has the ability that no matter how tough, how dirty, how difficult, tight, ain't got nothing on Jesus, the blood of Jesus has the power to cleanse us from all sin. Come on, somebody say amen. Second thing I want you to understand is this, and that is that the blood has the power to protect us. I love the part of the story which tells us, if you read in Exodus 12, Moses says, as an oracle of God, he says, when, when the death angel sees the blood on top and on sides of the doorframe, the Lord will pass over your home. He will not permit the death angel to enter your house. In other words, it's interesting as I begin to think about it, in order to protect them, God had to get them behind the blood. Because there's power in the blood to protect. So as long as you're behind the blood, as long as you don't go outside the door, he said, don't go outside the door, don't penetrate past the point of the blood. If you stay behind the blood, and I want to tell you that God has the ability to protect you. God has the ability. Remember the story that Job was blessed and the devil began to complain. Satan complained to God and he says, yeah, he loves you and he serves you because you've got a hedge of protection around him. I believe that that story is a beautiful picture of what happens when God applies the blood to our lives. When we apply the blood to our families and our calling, our purpose, guess what? The power of the blood is there to protect us. Come on. How many are thankful for protection? So real quickly, how do we get behind? How do we apply the blood of Jesus? We know we don't kill animals and take real blood. But I think that there's two things we can do. Number one, we can apply the blood through prayer. Did you know the Bible says that we have the ability to go boldly into the throne room of grace to find help in time of need? And you know what Hebrews says? It says that you have access to his holy throne 
through the blood of Jesus. So when we begin to pray, I'll never forget that, that one of the things, my, my son Tanner's been doing a lot of commuting back and forth with college, and, and so one of the things that we pray often for him is we pray, God, I plead the blood in prayer. I plead the blood. I apply the blood of Jesus over his car, over his mind. You protect him as he drives. Um, I do it over my children. I do it over, over my family. I do it over people that I love, and I will pray and apply the blood. When was the last time you... Apply the blood of Jesus over your finances. When was the last time you applied the blood of Jesus through prayer over your, chi- over your children? When was the last time in your prayer you applied the blood of Jesus over that dream and over that vision that God had for you? I'm gonna encourage you, grab some hyssop and, and say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I come boldly through the blood of Jesus into the throne of grace, and I thank you that you are my protector. Tanner got in a really bad accident about a year ago maybe not even quite a year ago. It was actually at Christmas, so it was less than that. It was interesting. We, it was actually between services. It was on the old road. And uh, his car was totaled. All of the, the um, airbags were deployed. We ran over there, and uh, I ran between services, and I said, you guys keep going. I'll be back, because I just didn't know what had happened. It was interesting, because he was driving down the old road, and he turned off and um, or actually, he was driving behind someone who was, was basically turned off and started a U-turn right in front of him. So they're going 50-some miles an hour on the, the old road. So he, he tried to get out of the way, but instead of them stopping, they just kept going. And uh, long story short, he was okay, but I look back at the story and ended up hitting the back part of his car instead of the front part of his car where he would have been. And he was fine. He wasn't hurt. He had a little, little bit stiff and a little bit sore, but... I don't know about you, but I just believe that he was okay because the blood of Jesus protects us. Come on. So I want to encourage you that when you're praying, apply the blood of Jesus over situations. Second thing you do is is to apply the blood is to do it through communion. You know, what's interesting is that when we, we have communion, you're drinking the blood, you're eating the body of Christ. Now, we know that it's not the literal body of Christ and the literal blood of Jesus. Now, some, um, th- those that, that are um, Catholic, there's a, a, a theology called transubstantiation where the blood turns into Jesus' actual blood, they believe. I personally don't believe that's what happens. But it doesn't matter whether it does happen or doesn't. The reality is that the symbol is the same, and that is that you're taking into your body the blood of Jesus. And the blood carries his DNA, and the blood carries then his protection. So whatever is behind the blood is protected. I'd encourage you, take communion all the time. Why? Because you are literally walking in the blood of Jesus. And here's the good news. When the enemy comes at you, because he will that there will be a death angel. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to take you out. He wants to rob you of your joy and your purpose. He's coming after you, but if there's the blood in the way, he can't get to you. So when you're applying the blood and you're taking communion and you're saying, Lord, I receive your blood, I receive your body, here's what you remind the enemy when he comes at you. Hey, you might come at me, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Because... Harm and death can't go beyond the blood. The blood cleanses us. The blood protects us. And lastly, 
The blood has the power to free us. This is the part of the story I've not really ever heard a pastor preach on in talking about this particular story. In Exodus, the Bible says that they did as Moses said, and they would take the animal, the Passover lamb, Jesus, the Passover lamb, was sacrificed, his blood was shed. They put it over the doorposts of their house, and the death angel was not able to penetrate the blood. They were protected. And it was through the blood, it was through this experience, the loss of sin. I know it seems harsh that, that the firstborn of all the Egyptians would die, but you've got to also understand that they were experiencing God's judgment for the way that they were behaving, the way they were responding to God and his word and, and their stubbornness and their disobedience. How many know that when we're disobedient and stubborn and selfish that there's consequence often that comes? And so they were experiencing that consequence What's interesting is when finally the blood came and it protected, and those that didn't experience the protection of the blood came, watch what happens. After nine other plagues, nothing changed. But when the blood came, people that had been in slavery for 430 years, watch what Pharaoh finally says. Pharaoh sent for Moses during the night. It was immediate. We're not going to wait another minute. Now that the blood has showed up, everything has changed. He says, get out, he ordered. Take the rest of the Israelites. Go and worship the Lord. Take your flocks and your herds and be gone. And do you realize that after 430 years of bondage, freedom came because of the blood. That's why I love the passage it says in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, it says this, they, they overcame him or they defeated him, speaking of the enemy, of Satan, by the what? Blood. blood of the lamb and by their testimony. The point I want to make to you today is simply this, is not only did, did the blood come, not only did they apply the, the blood on the doorposts so that they could be cleansed and so that they could be protected, but so that they could be free. And I want you to know today on Good Friday, the, the good news of the gospel is that you don't just get to experience forgiveness for the things that have happened in your life. Guess what? You are walking in God's protection and you are walking in his freedom. In other words, you don't just have to be an addict that's forgiven. You can be a forgiven, victorious, overcoming previous addict that now is walking in freedom and deliverance. Because him who the sun sets free is free indeed. The blood has the power to free you. There's freedom in the blood of Jesus. So, the Bible says that Jesus stands at the door and knocks. And he wants to come in. The blood of Jesus is at the doorpost of your heart. And when sickness shows up at your door, when you've applied the blood of Jesus, the blood says, no, 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 move on. Go on to the next house. You don't have access here. When addiction shows up, at your front door. The blood says, no, 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 you can't stay here. We don't have any room here for you. You're going to head, have to head on down the road. Hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more. No more. No more. Because the blood has the power to set you free.